Welcome to Lone Star Latter-day Saint Voices, a podcast dedicated to conversations with members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints right here in North Texas. I'm your host, Eric Egan. Our guest on this episode is Dr. Mark Bird. Dr. Bird has specialized in the treatment of addictive behaviors, both process and chemical addictions, since 2000. He also specializes in trauma work, helping individuals to overcome complex traumas. With these backgrounds, he is able to help people cope with grief and change that come through tough life transitions, like dealing with the issues that have come with COVID-19. Mark has authored a two-volume set of books on treating sexual addictions individually and relationally, entitled In Tandem and Building a Castle from Chaos. Additionally, Mark offers training for therapists through the Institute for Connection and Recovery, and he works in private practice at Healing and Recovery in Louisville, Texas. Mark is married to Stevie Bird and is a father of six. He and his family are members of the Denton, Texas Stake. Mark, thank you for joining us. It's great to be here with you. Thanks for inviting me. Well, in the weeks and months that have passed since COVID-19 arrived in the U.S., most of us have been confined to our homes much more than usual, and I've heard many reports of people struggling with mental health challenges, many feeling some things they haven't felt before. What are some of the most common challenges people are experiencing during the pandemic? Well, I think there's several. So I'm going to start with what you started with, just the, the loss of routine. Uh, by nature, the way our brains work, um, we kind of have these defined systems we have in place to keep us functioning at a high level without having to use a lot of energy. And when you're forced out of your normal patterns, then your brain has to work overtime to try and figure out how to compensate for all the patterns that used to kind of help things roll along just fine. So that's taxing a lot of people trying to figure out uh, sometimes their ruts. People who end up in therapy not during a pandemic have gotten in ruts that have eventually led to some depression or anxiety or some other problems. But in this case, this isn't anything anyone's done wrong. It's just, I can't go to work like I normally would. I can't go out to eat or do the things that would normally kind of give me a break from the children, going on dates. And so we're forced to actually think about what we've done to live in a healthy way. And, and so this COVID-19 stuff has really pushed people out of their normal routines in a way that whereas they used to be able to meet their needs through those routines, they don't really even know how they did that. So it, it is a, a nice invitation for people, if it doesn't completely sink us, uh, to like consider the patterns you have and actually change some of those. So there is a positive side to that. I've had several people say, I didn't realize how much I would enjoy being at home. Now, in all honesty, most of my clients that have said that have said that for about a month, month and a half, <laughs> Yeah, about two months in, it was like, okay, I'm done. And I guess if anything, that's a lot of empathy for mothers who are staying at home all the time, right? That, that kind of feeling that they're in that stuckness of the routines of being a stay at home mother. Sometimes I think we're all getting some empathy for, for those mothers. And yes, we also see where people are wearing multiple hats during the day and trying to do more perhaps than they normally have. Yes. Um, but obviously, even even these mothers that were staying at home before COVID-19 were experiencing uh, routines that were, you know, get the kids to school or go to the park and have play time. Like a lot of those routines that allowed them social interaction and other things have been eliminated. So I think... Uh, 
kind of tied to that, just the ability to revisit those patterns and say, I need to create some healthy space for myself like I, I would. Examples of that that I've had, um, some people are prone to not use a lot of technology. So those who are, um, I, I had um, certain people say, we're going to have a little extra time each day of technology to try and cope with this. They've done quiet times where the kids go into their rooms and read books while the parents kind of just have a moment of peace and quiet. So just setting some some clear boundaries around space and time. Now, my kids violate those boundaries all the time, but <laughs> without that consciousness of that, uh, school creates a very clear boundary with no problems, right? The kids are at school, but you can still get a phone call. But So I think having space and time for yourself to recharge is just critical during this time. And where you're in the closet doing work as a, a full-time job, and then you're coming out into the house immediately um, if you don't have a space to breathe, whether that means going on walks or just, just getting away. So that's a, that's a big recommendation on my end is, is one, create, create new patterns that create a little bit of space and time for yourself to recharge and even to have a little bit of couple time. Most couples go on dates or do things that create some space for, for them as a couple to relate. When I work with couples, I tell them they're only really allowed to work on problems in specific time frames, like set a time, work on that problem, and then go back to normal life. And I think COVID has kind of pushed us into always looking at the problems. And so learning to step away from the problems and just enjoy life together. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But anyway, that's one problem. I think the second one that I've seen uh, that, that probably plays a huge role is the level of fear. When you're in a pandemic where at any moment anything could strike, that is fatal. It, it just puts people in an, an automatic survival mode. I remember we found out my daughter was celiac and for a year, flour was the enemy. It, it was the disease that always existed in our house. And in many ways, it put our family in the same kind of panic mode. We, nev we never knew which foods actually had gluten or didn't have gluten and how that would affect our daughter. And as I've watched people in the pandemic, you know, at any point, anyone I come in contact with could give me this thing that I know I have no control over. And it has forced us to look at our humanity, like the the idea that we are here for a short time and, and can die, and it's completely out of our control. That's the focus of almost all the media, is those cases that have, have been, well, some of them may be the exceptions to the rule. They're clearly threats to our children and to ourselves. And when you're in that space, it turns the temperature up to a, just a higher temperature than we normally function in. And so we tend to get more reactive. Reports of domestic violence have increased. Um, so not only are we squished in the same space, which turns the temperature up, we're also in a place where we're kind of in survival mode and living in more fear than we typically allow ourselves to live in. I think that can be an invitation to faith. But for some of us, that actually breaks some of the foundational pieces of our faith I think that's good. It, it, it can be rebuilding, but in the process of all the other chaos, having that like God will take care of me feeling kind of shaken. I don't know if he'll take care of me. And I do think we have kind of a belief in the church, if we're not careful, can become sort of a heretical belief, which is if I'm living righteously, God will protect me from anything that's bad. And that's kind of against the growth orientation of this life like we're supposed to be here to learn and grow but i think all of us kind of want that stability of god will take care of me and sometimes that doesn't mean he'll save me from the trials that are there so most of us those of who, who struggled through that already may be taking the pandemic on a little bit differently than others of us 
but many people just feel like it rips at the core of what they thought was their faith. And so I definitely think, you know, being able to talk with someone about whether that's a professional or just somebody you can trust in about some of those challenges and why would God let this happen and being able to work through understanding God as a loving God that still allows bad things to happen, that the intent behind that is our growth and, and a variety of other reasons that I don't think we all totally understand. It is an interesting point, though, because we, we do sometimes feel that we should be insulated from those things if we're doing the right things. But yet the scriptures and church history are full of the trials that people have had to go through. And as we look back, we can see how those trials did help with their growth and did help to establish things that later made sense in the greater context. But it is more difficult when you're in the heat of the battle. Yep, absolutely. And none of us want to be Job. <laughs> no, not at all. So, so dealing with the fact that we're having some Job-like symptoms, at least, uh, can be challenging. And the number one thing, I mean, Job's friend said he should curse God and die. And I think having better friends <laughs> that we have access to. Uh, and, and one of the ways w you know you might need some therapy is, well, first of all, we all need help. Whether or not that help is in the form of a social network we already have in place, or a loving, caring bishop, or minister, uh, ministering brother or sister, like we all need help. So when when I talk about help, I'm not just talking about therapy. But the reason, first of all, we all know we need help. It's just whether or not we let ourselves be aware that we need help. Like I don't think, like I don't have a garden right now, so I need help from others to have food, right? If someone else wasn't growing the food and then selling the food, I would die. But we don't think of that as help. We think of that as self-sufficiency. I have the money to pay for the food so I can take care of myself. But on a, a global scale like this with a pandemic, it's made very obvious that you're, you're, you can't be alone. You need others. So I think it's just important to step back during a time like this and just be honest with yourself about the feelings you're having. Uh, I think one of the reasons it's good to delineate what some of those feelings that may be coming up are, is you can kind of say to yourself, am I experiencing those and how am I dealing with them? Am I, am I reaching out to others? Am I looking for resources in terms of ideas and information and as well as, you know, a, more connection with others in the ways that you can get that. So we've, we've covered kind of the natural routines and, and structure and the, the idea of fear. And I think as far as the thermometer goes, if you're not constantly like bringing the temperature down, then the likelihood that you're going to flip into those hot zones over and over and over again and just wonder why it's so out of control is huge. You know, Mark, one thing on that point I think that's interesting is we live in this time where we are all so connected with things that are going on. We've got social media, we've got media. There's lots of reports of things that coming from people's opinions. There's a lot of emotion involved. All of those things certainly seem to help increase that heat, as you said, to fan the flames of fear that we have. Yeah. And I'm sure that's something you see. Is there any advice you would have specific to how we deal with the fear that comes from those outside influences? So I think there's two major ways. The Lord said it differently. I flip it around. I have a little poem. If you're scared, you're not prepared. And, and the Lord's statement is, if you are prepared, you shall not fear. So I think some level of fear is our own body's way of saying to ourselves, oh, here's some potential problems I need to get myself prepared for. What steps am I taking? It's an alert to get active and taking care of yourself. So when you're in that fear, if you can recognize what am I scared of, 
And what are my resources I need to be accessing to try and manage that fear as best I can? The other step, which is faith-based, is there's some things I can't control. And so I have to exercise my faith around those things. And how am I connecting with God in terms of sorting through that faith piece of knowing that his will is what is best for me and trying to make sense of that so that I can I can not only just go along with his will, but I can actually learn to kind of embrace his will and know that it's, it, you know, feel that as love. So I think faith is part of the resolution of fear, but I also think getting prepared, recognizing that fear is an indicator you're your nervous system is giving you that says, hey, you need to do some things to take care of yourself. Those are the two major, major ways I would start with somebody who is struggling with fear. Very good. Obviously, the tie to this is this idea of disconnection that's come from being quarantined. You know, in, in the addiction world, one of the ways we define spirituality is our level of connection with God, self, and others. And certainly at this time, the church did a lot to prepare us, certainly inspired for an at-home family spirituality. And I, if you're like me, I'm sure that wavers at times. It's not as profoundly supported as the church usually is. Uh, some people have been able to do a great job of that. Others of us have done a medium job of that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, learning to readjust your connection with God uh, I think some people have really come back and said, you know, stepping away from some of the dynamics of the church has actually helped me reassess my relationship with God in a really good way. Others have felt like not having the church there has made me really question my testimony and struggle through some of those factors. So I think this virus issue kind of feels like in the, in the Book of Mormon where it says for some of the people, the challenges brought them humility and closer to God. And for others, it brought it hardened them and made them move away from God. And I think it's just really important that we step back and assess if I'm feeling far away from God, how do I move towards him? The other piece of that is I think I find God in others. Uh, when I'm able to talk with somebody, whether it be a sister or a friend, and just feel a sense of like, I'm not alone, it just strengthens my connection with God too. Like knowing and feeling that connection reminds me that I'm not alone in other ways. And I think, you know, doing that over the internet or waves, I, I uh, have been able to exercise a lot more. And at the end of my exercising, we'll go on a, you know, 10, 15 minute walk. And it's just been fascinating to me on the weekends, how many people wave at me from my neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> we're, just, we're just dying for somebody to acknowledge us and say, yeah, you exist. So I think just being very careful that you're, you're more attuned. Again, the patterns you're usually in that have allowed you to kind of function well now they're away, so you're, you're kind of disconnected from yourself. You're also disconnected from others, and there's some challenges to your connection with God. So I think just really making sure you're doing everything you can to get connection. And if you can't, then reach out to somebody you trust. And if there's not somebody there that you trust or that, that effort to trust them doesn't work out, because that's frequent. I mean, a lot of us don't have the skills to be vulnerable in those ways. That's when you know therapy is probably something you need to be doing. And, and when you have the support of somebody who's a little bit outside of your normal network, you know isn't going to judge you and that the risks aren't super high, you can kind of get your bearings, find some new tools you might not have been aware of, and, and get back to kind of a more like solid you, who you enjoy being around, and as well as kind of see options you might not see otherwise. So that's connection. And probably the last one is I'm seeing is a lot of grief. 
and, and that's in different ways. Job loss is, is clearly grief, perhaps tied to the day at home aspect, the grief of the loss of the life you knew and the structure you knew you had and wondering if you'll ever get that back. And obviously, even in just uh, the loss that comes with people dying, whether you know them or not, we're just the grief of realizing the, I mean, I had a, uh, a friend I know whose parent passed away and they couldn't be at the funeral during the early part of that. And just, I think for some people who are stuck in that grief, that's especially a time where you need therapy. Just somebody who can help you walk through those stages of grief. Grief is a wonderful thing. If you don't get stuck in it, grief allows us to package and accept what's happened to hold on to the good that was associated with that, that person or those things and carry those with us in a, in a, in a way that, that fills us. My mom passed away several years ago and I regularly take time to grieve just to remember my mom's gone, but I remember the beauty that went with that and not even being able to go to a funeral to, to kind of rejoice in the life of the person that we lost prevents some of that from happening. So uh, getting to a stage of acceptance in this process that for a lot of my clients and, and for a lot of my colleagues' clients that have shown up in, in, during the pandemic, it's really just about trying to wrap their heads around a state of acceptance, which is hard. One of the themes I'm picking up as you talk about any of these uh, challenges that people are facing is a real need to connect. Absolutely. I'm a firm believer that the one of the most important things we need is a sense of connection in our life. If we don't have that, then... Uh, we're going to start sinking pretty quickly. Yeah. And thank goodness. And these days we've got plenty of ways that we can connect with others, even if we're home alone. Uh, there's technology to help us there. And like you said, waving in the neighborhood can be pretty therapeutic as well. Yep. And there's one tool specifically for this idea of connecting. You know, I have, I have a client who had a, a really cool way that he met his needs and it was really working for him. And then some of the stuff, the equipment that went with that, caused uh, damage to one of his children. And he realized, I can't use that anymore because it's too high risk. And he lost that tool. And it really destabilized him for a bit. Most of us have one or two go-to things that we do all the time. Uh, for, for some of you, that's those were taken away by the pandemic. Like People who love to go to the gym lost that for a time. And that really knocks you. I mean, all the dopamine and the, the good feelings that come with that are suddenly gone. You're going to likely be depressed. So kind of rerouting your coping skills, I call them tank fillers as well, but how do I fill my life in ways that are going to consistently meet my needs? And most of us have, a, 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 like I said, a kind of set of those things. And then when we hit a time where we can't have those, uh, like I blew my knee out when I was in college and I couldn't do a lot of the exercise things I love to do. And that really pushed me to have to learn some other skills to fill my tank in different ways. I think during the pandemic, having access to other ideas that can help you kind of expand your normal way of thinking, it's really hard. Um, I've, I've always had my addicts create and, and their partners create lists of ways to fill their tank because when they come into my office, they're running on empty. Hmm. And, and the, the reason they're running on empty partially is they've never known really how to fill their tanks in their lives. And uh, when I tell them to go do that, they come back with five or six things. And so over time, I created a couple lists of just different ways to fill the tank, coping skills, uh, because I realized creating that list on their own was not not something they could do. And so as we've gotten into COVID, that's been a big deal uh, to, to reinforce with my clients. Hey, you've got to find some ways. And, and creation is, is 
at least from a spiritual perspective, is the that's the thing God does really well that most of us stink at. And mm-hmm. so trying to create that list on your own can be very difficult. So to me, uh, I've created those lists. They're available on my website at uh, www.healing-and-recovery.com in the section on handouts. Um, but there's relational ways to fill your tank and there's individual ways to fill your tank and just be becoming an expert on ways to do that for yourself. And there's ways that, I mean, that would be great for all of us to do. In my opinion, at one point, my wife was overwhelmed with the kids coming to her for everything. And so we sat down with those lists and our kids actually highlighted, here's the things we would like to do during the summertime. And then I said, now go back and star the ones you can do on your own. And so during that summer, my kids would come and say, oh, I'm bored. And I say, have you looked at your list? Okay, right now is an individual time. Look at the ones that are on your list that are starred and do a few of those things until it's time that we can do that together. Or my wife and I, when we first had our, our first couple kids, we were used to going out on the weekends before children and suddenly we were stuck at home. So we had to, again, that transition to create a new list of things we could do to enjoy our time together. Transitions like these just kind of, push us to be better than we were before, more conscious of how we care for ourselves. President Monson said in one of his talks, right at the beginning, he said, the Lord loves us and knows our needs. And I just wanted to shout like on top of that. And we, in order to become like him, need to understand our needs and learn how to meet them in the way that Heavenly Father wants us to meet them. And so I think I see this COVID thing as a a challenge to all of us to become better in our and our God-likeness in terms of learning how to meet our needs spiritually, our needs for connection with others, ourself and God, as well as the other needs, growth and, you know, self-esteem, connective needs, all those things together. Well, there's nothing quite like a crisis to make you stop and have to rethink through things in your lives. And, and I think all of us have had the opportunity to do that. And uh, as you talk about filling the tank, I agree. Having a, a menu of things, of ideas uh, would be helpful because otherwise we may tend to just kind of churn and not really make that progress. So thank you for that resource. And obviously the dilemma for most of us is technology is very helpful, but it's also it, it also draws us in. So we, we don't have any ideas. Suddenly it's like, well, the TV's right here. So <laughs> I guess we could use that. And I'm not talking down the TV. It's just endless TV doesn't really meet our needs. I I find that an hour of TV helps me relax and, you know, enjoyment, a little excitement, depending on which the show is. But after that, it's like, doesn't really work. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I also think technology is really helpful. Like there's some online uh, games. uh, Jackbox TV is one of them where you you can interact. And, you know, for, for us, grandparents have been able to call in and play, play those games with us online and while those aren't, you know, the, the, the total, like, it'd be nice to be in person, but those allowed for opportunities to kind of enjoy play and fun together with other people, not just in our home. So I just think anything you can do to get outside of your box and still meet your needs is a great, a great thing to make sure we're focused on. Very good advice. Now, as, as we look at the whole world of things where we may look to get help or to learn more about this topic are there any particular resources you might recommend? The church has a mental health website section. You can just search that on Google and, you know, Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, mental health. It's a really broad and, and it, within it, there are specific things that I think can be really helpful just to kind of help you reflect on where you are. Uh, again, being connected with yourself, you can, 
most of us lie about our anxiety and depression to ourselves. And so there's some things there that kind of help can help you assess where you, you stand there. I love Brene Brown's work. So you can go to brenebrown.com and, and look at what she has. It's stuff on shame and how to overcome some of those voices inside that, that lead to depression and anxiety, just growth kind of stuff like that. And there's lots of good books out there, uh, books on tape or audiobooks as well. It, the, the dilemma in all this is there's such a broad spectrum of what we're all working through. And so to recommend one resource, that's why the church has a big overview with some specifics underneath it on its website. It's, the, the key is to define what am I struggling with and then go look for resources. Uh, online, there's a lot of good resources. And if you're not finding good resources, that's when you reach out either to a friend or to a therapist and, and try and get some more specifics. I wish I, I didn't have to be so general, but the reality of how we deal with things is we have to identify what's going on for us, recognize the specific problem we're looking to solve, and then go look for the resources. One of the things I've appreciated in our conversation is I feel a sense of hope. I think a lot of times as people go through these challenges and they're, they're feeling different from they've felt before or they're struggling in some way, it's kind of hard to know if you'll ever get out of that. And yet through the things that you've talked about and the different coping strategies, there is hope in that. There's ways to get through these things, right? Yes. And I think, you know, tied to hope, there's a term I use called measures of success, which is, you know, what we all want is to have a, a million dollars and be financially successful, completely connected and have the coronavirus gone. But it's that one moment with my kid where I actually enjoyed doing something with them or that that walk I went on where I just kind of felt a little bit of the spirit of being out in nature and just seeing the beauty of, of the earth. Or it's those little moments of success that we tend to lose. And so instead of seeing a cumulative, which I think ties to gratitude as well, but seeing that cumulative effect of many measures of success in your life so that you can see that, hey, there's a lot of success going on amidst all these feelings. Even though I'm, I'm not getting this and this, I, I can see where I can find small successes, whether that's in filling my tank or just managing my fear a little differently than I did before, getting more preparation under my, a little more connection. Like, so getting out of that all or nothing thinking, which is really, really frequent, I think, especially within religious realms to be all or nothing. To me, that's how hope stays prevalent is you just can see those little mini moments of, of connection and gratitude and hope. So that's maybe one last thing I'd throw in there as people struggle to kind of keep their bearings and stay positive. Well, thank you, Mark. This has been exceptionally helpful. Your perspective is valuable, and I'm sure our listeners will appreciate the topics that you've touched on, as well as the coping strategies we can follow to try to find that relief, whether it be reaching out to a friend, a professional, or uh, or even finding some of these online resources. So thank you very much for taking the time to be with us. Thanks so much for allowing me to. Uh, appreciate the, the time and hope this is helpful for those who are struggling. And for those who aren't, hopefully it'll give some ideas to those who, who could just improve their life outside of COVID as well. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that's true. We can all benefit from that. Thanks again. Thank you. Our guest on this episode has been Dr. Mark Bird, a North Texas therapist and member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thank you for joining us. For Lone Star Latter-day Saint Voices, I'm Eric Egan.